The title of this morning's Dharma talk is More ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. So the way I've been using that, what do they call that? Acronym. Huh? Acronym. Yeah. Acronym. What does it mean? Acronym. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. See if you knew that. <laughs> of course, I knew that. So my way of using that is uh, is alternating a sense s and then ap awareness practice alternating sense awareness practice it's basically a meditation in action you could do it on the cushion you can sit and do that also but getting up off the cushion sometimes people ask about that and there are different ways of teaching it many many ways and that's a one of the ways that i teach it another one that i taught off and on is called uh, uh is it in between measures halfway measures Thank you. So halfway measures. In other words, when you're reaching for something, reaching for anything, one of the things before you do that is re reflect on the halfway point between this and that. You can even, unless there's a crowd of people all waiting for you to get something done, uh, you could even stop before you do something. Stop halfway and just look at the space that you're crossing with your body movements that is completely, you're oblivious to it. We actually, once we know what we're going to do, everything shuts down and we just do it. You know what it's like to to decide to go to the store and then forget everything that happens between here and the store. This is called ignorance, and we're not. Why is it called ignorant? Because we're not aware of it. If you're aware of it, it's not ignorance. It's awareness. So that's another thing that you can actually do in your own. It could be something very simple like uh, reaching for the toothpaste. Something you're doing repetitive every morning. You can just look at the halfway measures between various things. You can emphasize that halfway measure by actually stopping there or moving slowly there and just noticing how what that feeling is like where there's kind of a just an automatic shutdown where the awareness does not track you where you're going. Excuse me. This is the kind of awareness is looking for results on a very simple way. It just wants to get to the object and get it so I can wave it around. Then it's time to put it back. So we forget we forget this or we, we space it out or we don't we ignore it. And why shouldn't we? Nothing happening there. The issue is, is when you shut down on the awareness, then uh, by closing off, by shutting down, whatever it is, then when you do get into some, uh, into a difficult situation in your life, the tendency is, is to shut down and ignore it because we've just been practicing it over and over and over again, shutting down. So alternating sense awareness practice basically is once you get off the cushion, been sitting on the cushion. If, if you're following the instruction that I give, you may be doing some other kind, but if you follow the kind that I give, it's just watch what moves. Hold still. There's all kinds of entertainment there. I mean, your subconscious gossip is coming up. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. I shouldn't have said this. They shouldn't have said that to me. The next time they say that, I'm going to nail them or whatever. What did my mother tell me to do? What my, my dad says, don't take that off of them. They're all coward. Or maybe your dad didn't say that to you. <clears throat> So what you can do when you get up from the cushion after watching the very subtle kind of activity, which is watching what is moving. Meditation is not about sitting here and doing nothing. It's about it's a training your mind to see very carefully what is happening moment by moment by moment by moment without any gaps. Or if you do have gaps, then just notice there's a gap there. Uh, you may... You may notice the gap. You don't necessarily have to say or condemn yourself or judge yourself and say, whoops, I spaced out. That won't help. Better to just notice the gap. No comment. Don't label it. 
do nothing with it. Don't name it. So alternating sense awareness practice could show up or could be a practice for you by a very simple situation of going from one sense to the other, going from the sense of touch to the sense of seeing. And you can do that very simply by just noticing uh, gravity, noticing how your shoes feel uh, or how your uh, feet feel in your shoes. Shoes don't feel, I don't think. So you notice that sense of touch, how your clothes feel, and then you go to a sense of seeing or something, the color of something. Without particularly naming it green, you would just shift your attention back and forth. You can either just do that uh, randomly as you wish. You can also, if you want to be more, say, mechanical about it and more want to make it an actual uh, um, a feeling like you're repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating, you can tie it in with your breath. Every time you breathe in, notice a sense of touch. Every time you breathe out, notice a sense of seeing. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What happens when you do that is the awareness uh, is, uh, you know, relatively speaking, it's not completely liberated, but it's liberated from the attachment to subconscious gossip and just the basic chatter that's going on in our minds about everything. It doesn't get rid of it, but it, it gives it a little bit of competition there. You can't just totally get enamored of your thought patterns about how much you don't like this person or like this person or why are they saying this to me? This makes me feel so terrible. Why don't I get that job? Why don't I, why, how can I get rid of this relationship I'm in? Or how can I get the relationship I want? Oh, there's something going on. And all I'm saying here is alternating sense awareness practice, a simple form or the senses, sense of taste, sense of smell, sense of touch, sense of hearing, sense of seeing, even the sense of thinking. You could even take a thought pattern if you want to make that a little bit more uh, solid. You could actually take a, a set of words. It could be a slogan. It could be something like um, the Buddhist uh, teaching. One of the things that is said, uh, the Buddhist teachings that is often repeated is everything is dependently arisen. In other words, there's not a single solid separate thing any, anywhere. Everything is dependently is dependent on everything else for its apparent singularity. So you could actually say, every, this is, you could say this is dependently arisen using your mind connected with your consciousness in terms of touch, in terms of all the sense fields that are operating all the time. You could go from that and drop away from that, not push it back, but drop away from that to go to how this feels or how this sounds. Go to sounds and you'll hear birds. And a bird is that? Was it cardinal? Good. <clears throat> A little bit more sophisticated way of doing this, and it might be, not only might, but will be a lot easier if you're doing a lot of sitting meditation. A lot of time is spent sitting down and strengthening the, the seeing or witnessing quality of the mind. Mind is a, not, a, not one thing. It's not many things. I'll say it again. It's not one thing. It's not many things. Not even a thing. Lucky you. You thought your thoughts were driving you crazy, and there isn't one. What do I mean? There isn't. For you, there isn't a thought. No matter. Another statement. So you could take the feeling of, say, you're in the your middle of your day, in the middle of your week, your life, have intense negativity come your way. It might have a story. There might be some kind of things attached to it that are explaining why you're feeling this way. You could, there's a couple of things you could do, do there. You could go from the story about it to the feeling itself. You know, in order to do that, you have to isolate the two in your consciousness. How this feels and what I'm thinking about how this feels alternate. Don't, don't let the hope and fear, the passion, aggression, and ignorance, the crazy ego mind that is so attached to this and wants to reject that. This is something Spencer does all the time, automatically. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
It's a joke. Yeah, I'm joking. So you could you could actually do that. You could do it on another level uh, with um, taking your imagination. You could uh, you could take let's say a good time would be when you were feeling pretty bad and life was difficult or you were having some negativity and you would wake up and not have any story about it, which everybody has that to some extent. Sometimes we have the ability, especially if you're not a meditator. If you're a meditator, it's pretty hard to find something to blame because you've kind of been giving up on the blaming thing. But go from how this feels to the opposite of that. See if you can find in your consciousness, use your memory. Use your memory of when you felt really good. Find it. Remember it. Imagine it if you need to do that. And then alternate between the negativity that's here and the positivity that's there. Look, go back and forth between those. If you need to do it more mechanically, use your breath. Use following the breath, going back and forth like that. Breath coming, breath going. And of course, this alternating uh, awareness practice, alternating sense awareness practice can also be done just on the cushion, just sitting here and noticing if your knee is hurting because you've been sitting for a while, go from that uh, to something else, to some other. You could go to the sense of taste, just how your saliva tastes, not much happening there. You know, maybe you have tobacco in your mouth. You shouldn't have if you're in here. <laughs> But you could go from one thing to the other. You could go from two things that are quite a bit different, and you could notice that there's just a contrast happening there. <clears throat> Any questions at this point? I can keep going. Yes, David. With half measures, is there also a halfway thought? Halfway to a thought? Sure, but you won't know it until you think it. And then you've got to back up, which is called what? Dyslexia. <laughs> Lexia. <laughs> what about, like, start to think something and get distracted and yet you know that you forgot the sense to... That's just middle age. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Further. Uh, what, uh, so in the alternating sense awareness practice, is our thoughts also something to go to in yes. the midst of that? Yes, you could go go back and forth, as I think I said, between a thought. You could create something, like you could say everything is dependently arisen. You could use a really strong concept that is, is has to do with thought. It's kind of a freeze-dried thought once you start saying it over and over again. The ones that are that are, are haven't congealed into a solidity, uh, something solid, there's a, just a basic thought pattern about the description of something, the judgment of something, the evaluation, uh, a promotion of something, advertisements for your thought patterns. Have you noticed how you do that sometimes? You have you actually promote certain thoughts, tamp down others. Choka. Sometimes you talk about contrast. What is that? What is contrast? No, what is no contrast? So it could be ignorance, and it could be seeing that there's no difference between two things. Even though they, they look different, they think different, they sound different, smell different, taste different, that there's fundamentally no contrast there. That would have to be your experience, not something I would tell you about. I mean, I'm telling you, but it's something that could show up in your uh, brain pan awareness, has it? How do you know to ask about it? Because I said something about it. I take that back. <laughs> I'm not sure what the contact, con context was. It would be interesting to know what that was, you know, which talk it was in. No, but you talked about it to see. Anytime you find any one thing, it makes no difference what it is. Anytime you can localize something conceptually, you can find its opposite. And if you do that, you can actually alternate between those. What it does is it kind of softens up all the, it softens up, it's like, it's like being at war and then just instantly changing sides back and forth. You know, you've got war and then you just, you know, change. And uh, the Buddhist term for that is uh, uh, one form of, of Maitri Bhavana, uh, 
or exchanging oneself for others. So actually taking on the negativity of someone else. I don't necessarily recommend uh, a Tonglen unless you've been practicing sitting meditation for a long time. I wasn't taught it until I'd been practicing for about six or seven years doing sitting practice before I was given that practice. And now I don't really teach it because uh, um, I think it's something it should be very individual. That's the one where you where you use the breath and it's taught by uh, several teachers in the past in the past. But the main one would be uh, uh, Shanti Deva. And then also teaches in his seven points of mind training talks about exchanging oneself for other others relative bodhicitta or taking on the negativity that you perceive out there taking it in and sending out kindness and goodness and light and love and happiness and so on then taking in all the suffering of others i think that can be a little a little dangerous if you're not if your own uh, mind is uh spinning around Ju-ju. if uh, we're in the midst of some difficult situation or negativity arises and we use alternating this practice, is there any danger of, or could that prevent us from thoroughly feeling the negativity that's arising? Probably not, because you're not, you're not abandoning it, you're not running away altogether, you're just, you're just, you're just tempering it a little bit. You could say you're, you're not just letting yourself fixate on that and have some kind of dilemma, what am I going to do about this, it's so negative. You know, sometimes we do that, we struggle with it, we fight with it, we try to get rid of it. Or we go into our thought patterns about why it shouldn't be there, what, what caused it, who did it, who can I blame? Can I, did I do this to myself? Did I bring this on myself? We all heard that. Well, you brought that on yourself. Terrible thing to say to anyone. It just, it just increases the self-centeredness or negativity in terms of you being to blame for something. Quite often, parents do that to their children. Yes? You have to consciously include the negativity with the other two senses that were... Mm, no. No, if you're using the negativity itself to contrast that with something you might imagine to be positive, you're, if you're doing it kind of artificially that way with your imagination, then it's just that. But if you're having negativity and you're going to how the ne- negativity is overwhelming, you can't get away from it. It's It's got you. And it's kind of like a dark cloud. Like what was that Pe- Peanuts character that had a big cloud over his head all the time? Huh? Pigpen, that's right. It's kind of like that. You're walking around. Nobody can see it. Well, with some people, if it's, if it's, uh, who is that guy? Oh, yeah. Chazon. He has a cloud over his head. Everybody, everybody knows about it. Chazon does not feel good today. So I, my oldest son also is, has that kind of a, radiates kind of a negative thing that's happening. So neither right nor wrong. Uh, the idea there is if something like that is coming up and, you know, you're kind of perplexed by it or kind of is difficult, then you can you can alternate that with something else. You can just create something else. Uh, you you can just use your. You're not stuck with anything. No one's stuck with anything. If you think you're stuck with something, then what you're stuck with is your tendency to stick with things. Call fixation. Much more difficult if you're born in a fixed sign. That's all the astrology I'm talking about. Yes. Um, I just got one to see. Mm-hmm. Wanted to flash on the Sundays when the the negativity intensified. Uh-huh, good. Yeah, you, because you're actually starting to see how much you were pushing down on it. You were holding the negative, and I'm not accusing you of anything, but I'm saying if you're doing that, the negativity, then you actually see you're actually no longer fighting with the negativity. Fighting with the negativity does keep it at bay somewhat, but it, it comes back. It comes back tomorrow. It comes back next week. And who knows what it's doing in all the other uh, parts of your, uh, you know, what's happening in your kidneys. You know, you can't see there. You don't know what's happening. But something, this is uh, dependently arisen, so everything is affecting everything else. So when you're doing that, yes, then that, that uh, 
depending on that, how that negativity is working in your particular consciousness, it could back off, it could kind of back away, and it could intensify, which I would say, uh, that's how it looks to me, I, I don't know that, but you could consider that, you could consider that when you did that, you're actually starting to feel the negativity as it actually was, and then did it, did it dissolve then? Yeah, but it's still dissolved, so I'm not trying to get some more advertisements here, but I'm just saying it's about it's about working with uh, whatever the emotion or feeling is directly as it is without any kind of outside interference. You do it in your own consciousness. Do it do it with your own awareness. Move your awareness. Uh, sometimes they, the people who don't meditate accuse people who meditate of turning into vegetables. You're just sitting there. You're doing no. You're not. It's meditation. I think if I give a, the next talk I give on that will be the the eighth talk on meditation is action. Meditation is, it's not this kind of action, but it's very, very subtle kind of action of working with different aspects of consciousness in a, in a, in a very uh, intentional way. And that's one of them is to go back and forth. Then you're no longer pushing on that because you're, it's, you know, you have a quorum there. How many people does it take to make a quorum? Nobody knows? Odd number. Huh? A four number? You say four, maybe like four. Like four? Four. Rhymes with four? <laughs> yeah. I'll go with, I'll go with, uh, it depends. It depends? Oh, that makes, huh? Majority? Depends on how the rules are written. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> so we got a four. It depends, and depends on how rules are written, and a majority, and you saying three. Okay. So. Okay. So now just alternate between those. <laughs> go to this one, then go to that one, go to that one, and then about halfway through, take some aspirin for your head. So I would say about just basically don't come to a conclusion about anything if you can help it. Actually, stay stay back away and watch things move because there's things that are very subtle that if you don't push down on them, if you don't fluff them up, and if you don't turn away from them, that are going to develop in such a way that will help inform your whole life, will tell you more about who you are, what you're doing, how, how you could fundamentally live in a more sane, uplifted, dignified, and even helpful way for yourself and for others. Did you have a question? Um, mine has to do with awareness. Um, a lot of times when I'm meditating, I tend to be truly, I, I tend to focus my awareness on my thoughts. And I lose the awareness of my surroundings. What's the question? Should I be doing that or should I not be that? What are you doing? Doing what you described. Um, That's what you should be doing. Focusing my awareness on my thoughts instead of my surroundings. It's, while I'm it's only going to last so long. And do that forever. So right now, just do that. Whatever's arising, anytime the, the main part of the meditation instruction, as I teach it, is sit down, hold still, watch what moves. And if thoughts are moving, watch them. It won't last. You'll, eventually you'll watch that and then something else will start to happen. A bird, you know, cardinal will say something out here and you'll, you'll drop away from your thoughts and you'll listen to that. Then you might think, doesn't seem like spring, another thought. And then you might go to, how long have I been here? You know, it's on and on and on, but the, but the overall awareness starts to see, if, especially if you're not rejecting or accepting, you're trying to do something with your mind other than just observe takes a while to become really, really an observer of all of this. It's not, not something that's going to happen probably in a few years even. It takes a long time. So should I be trying to 
be aware of everything at the same time. I no. guess is kind of one of my questions. What I was don't do that. No. So the crab feeling and the sound. No, you're alternating. So you should alternate. Well, a, a should is a pretty strong word. And I really respect each person. If you say, I'm not, I can't do that. That doesn't work. And I would say, no, don't, don't do it. So it's not a, a promotion thing. I'm saying this is something you could try. Maybe you don't need to do any of that. I say it's more about your mind and how your mind is working rather than how mind, how I work with this and how I think you should work with this based on what it was like for me. You have to be very careful that a lot of teachers do that. They go through it themselves and they think everybody should do what I did. No. <laughs> Wrong. With a capital R. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. Unless you pronounce it differently. Can you say the word wrong without the sound W? Anybody? Wrong? I know. Excedrin helps. Yes. Kozan from Traverse City has a question. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Now she's got two questions. Um, okay. Regular on, mathematician. <laughs> on the question, when should we use practice of ASAP? And then she says, okay, not should, but... <laughs> Could. But when might it be helpful to use the practice? Uh, when you need help. <laughs> because it's wrong to be should. <laughs> wrong so you could you know you could experiment with that if that if that kind of a practice if you if something resonates about that then you could try that out you could try that out when you're sitting you could do it just flash on it it's not about a maintaining uh, that kind of an awareness it's about uh, just uh, whereas sitting here is about maintaining your physical position that's the only thing you're really maintaining the way I teach it I'm not saying there aren't other ways if your books on this that will tell you all kinds of little stories about how to approach this and um, a lot of those approaches I have done, uh, not all of them, excuse me. So you could do some of that. You could sit and you could notice, you could just practice alternating between uh, the color of the wall or the color of the carpeting, how your, how your body feels, how your clothes feel, and then go back to a sense of seeing. And notice that there, there's a, a awareness or consciousness is very interesting in that you can, there is, you you it looks like we're actually moving it somewhere. So what is, it, what is it that's actually moving? Is there something moving from the sense of touch to the sense of thinking, from the sense of thinking to the sense of hearing? Something is happening because uh, you can uh, be in the sense of touch and the sense sitting and looking at the wall and not even hear things that are happening outside, not even hear somebody come in and walk in the room. It doesn't mean you're necessarily um, ignoring that, but you're so connected with the things you are being aware of that you that that take that it's like you turn the volume way down on everything else not right not wrong not wrong it's just something it's just something you're doing joseph is there uh evidence that uh we've been active in our meditation i'm, I'm not sure if i'm following well you say meditation is action so yes are there i assume that, that there's times where i'm less active than i am or less intentional sure. about the meditation so Afterwards, can I look and say, oh, this is the evidence. Okay, here's what I would say. Don't evaluate. I'll tell you what. First sit. Sit. Here's how you do it. You come in. You find a spot to sit. You sit on a cushion. Sit down, hold still. And anything that keeps moving is fair game. It can be thoughts. It can be your diaphragm. It can be squirrels running up and down the side of the building. 
anything is is a, is an object of meditation, just as the way I talk about it. And there's no judgment or no evaluation. Uh, just you know, you don't have to. You can evaluate, evaluate eventually, but first sit for about twenty years, then evaluate. The evaluation is a is a is a sidetrack from the goal, if you want to call it a goal of meditation, is sanity, awareness, openness, mental health. You want to use that term. It's just it's about just being here and being present and being kind to yourself, being kind to others, even when others are terrible and maybe not treating you so well, because your awareness is so expansive and so pervasive, you can see that you can see that person's total picture. You can see that the reason they're doing this is they're so upset with themselves. They're unhappy. So they want to take it out on you. And if you give them a little slight reason to do that, they're, they drop their whole, if they have an awareness practice, they drop it completely and they go after you. I know if I'm mentally healthy. You're not at war. Are you at war? Knock it off. <laughs> Or just see the way the warfare happens without doing anything. Without doing anything extra, because it's a very subtle way of actually locking and loading at the at the in the back lines, you know, behind the ramparts. You know, just just do as little as possible and have a willingness out of this part of not this, not this, but out of this part of your uh, consciousness to just be with. Have a have a willingness to lose. If you don't have a willingness to lose, this is really hard to do because it gets because we start actually looking at the fundamental warfare that's happening deep inside most of us. Yes, Spencer, question. I thought I saw you go like this, stretching your arm. Boy, if everybody was in here was was like Spencer, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't even give a talk. Yeah, you can stretch all you want. Go ahead. A question from Shane out in California. Yes. He asks, what's the difference between dropping away from discursive thoughts by saying everything is dependently arisen and looking away? Seems like there's something else. Seems like that's something else you wouldn't want to meddle with. I don't think I don't see any problem with it because you're just you're able to describe it. So you're aware of what that is about. So your intelligence is always there. I see no, see no problem with that. It could show up with each person it could show up in a different, little bit different way if each person took this practice and then did that for a while and then described what their experience of it was, it looked like they're all doing something totally different, which they would be for the question. Okay, thank you so much. And I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that we have out in the hallway. We depend and rely heavily on your financial support. If you value this teacher and these teachings, please consider us. We also take donations on PayPal as well as your debit and credit cards. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.